The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Hope you're having a great day. This is Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Today our show is on psychopaths, narcissists, borderline personalities, and other friendly psychotics. Yes, there are many friendly psychotics out there. Um, you know, I just have to tell you that all of these types of disorders, all of these problems really do start in childhood. Uh, many of the, these folks are shaped in childhood environmentally into the people they are. It, it's not that there isn't some genetics behind it because there is. There's all kinds of factors. There is no black and white in this world, so there's no absolutes here. However, the main ingredient has to do with either neglect or abuse in childhood. And uh, very strangely, uh, some of this comes out of that, uh, some of this comes out of that dependent on the personality of the child in which uh, is born and how that child adapts to that environment. So uh, it's not necessarily a blame of the people who raise these type of people. It's more about the environment that shapes these type of people and the chemistry between them and their parents and them and their siblings and surroundings and family. So what is a psychopath? Well, let's look at both a psychopath and a sociopath. You know, these disorders share many common behavior traits, which lead to the confusion between them. You know, key traits that sociopaths and psychopaths share are things like a uh, disregard for laws and social morals, uh, a disregard for the rights of others, a failure to uh, feel remorse or guilt, and a tendency to display violent behavior. In addition to their, their commonalities, sociopaths and, and uh, psychopaths also have their own unique behavioral characteristics as well. You know, sociopaths, for instance, they tend to be nervous and easily agitated. They're, they're uh, volatile. They're prone to emotional outbursts, including fits of rage. They're likely to be uneducated and uh, live in the fringes of society, uh, unable to hold down a steady job, stay in one place for very long. It's very difficult, but not impossible, for sociopaths to form attachments with other people. You know, many sociopaths are able to form an attachment to a particular individual or group, although they have no regard for society in general or its rules. In the eyes of others, sociopaths will appear to be very disturbed, and any crimes committed by a sociopath, including murder, will tend to be haphazard, disorganized, and spontaneous rather than planned. And that is huge compared to a psychopath because psychopaths 
on the other hand, are unable to form emotional attachments or feel real empathy for other people. Although they often have a disarming and, and even a charming uh, personality, psychopaths are very manipulative and can easily gain people's trust. They learn to mimic emotions despite their inability to actually feel them and will appear normal to unsuspecting people. You know, psychopaths are very well educated and hold steady jobs. Some are very good at manipulation and mimicry that they have families and other long-term relationships without those people around them ever even suspecting that they're a psychopath. You know, when committing crimes, psychopaths carefully plan out every detail in advance and often have contingency plans in place. Unlike sociopaths, psychopaths, criminals, are, are, they're, they're cool, they're calm, and they're meticulous. And their crimes, whether violent or nonviolent, will be highly organized and generally offer flu- few clues to authorities to pursue. Their, their uh, intelligence is very high, and they make excellent white-collar crime criminals and carn artists due to their calm and uh, charismatic nature. So, y- you know, you've really got to take a look at these kind of folks. That There are lots of people in this world that are sociopaths and psychopaths. Not all of them act on their tendencies, but many have very, very strong latent desires. And they do harm, but they may not do it on a criminal scale. They may take it right up to the line but not actually accomplish a full-fledged crime. You know, when committing, uh, you know, the, the cause of psychopathy is different than, than uh, the cause of sociopathy. It, it's believed that psychopathy is a result of nature, genetic, uh, genetics, while sociopath is a result of the environment. Now, I personally don't agree completely with that, but I can understand where they're coming from. Uh, a sociopath tends to uh, have other layers of mental disorders, not that a sociopath doesn't, but they both have different ingredients of disorders that play into how they operate. A, a, a sociopath is a little bit more environmental from the, its factor, meaning that they don't have to have any organic disorders like depression, bipolar, anything like that. However, with, with a uh, sociopath, Sociopaths do have bipolar tendencies. They're not necessarily full-fledged, or they may have schizo, uh, uh, schizo behavior, not necessarily schiz- uh, schizophrenic. Um, so so the, the ingredients are very different. You know, so if we look at um, uh, psychopathy, it's, it's related to a, a physiological defect that results in the underdevelopment of part of the brain responsible for impulse control and emotions. Sociopaths, on the other hand, they're more likely to, uh, to be a product of childhood trauma physical and emotional abuse, and because sociopathy appears to be learned rather than innate, sociopaths are capable of empathy in certain limited circumstances, but, but not in others, and with few individuals, but not others. They're, they're just very selective in how they, they deal. Now, once again, both of these, more often the sociopath than the psychopath, have issues in childhood, and they, they have issues with how they're parented. Sociopathy is also the most dangerous of all antisocial personality disorders. Sociopaths and psychopaths 
by the way, psychopath is what I'm talking about. It is the most dangerous. Sociopaths and psychopaths are what are called an antisocial personality disorder in the Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health 5 uh, for uh, psychologists and for therapists. And because of the way uh, psychopaths uh, disassociate emotionally from their actions, regardless of how terrible those actions may be, many prolific and notorious serial killers, including the late Ted Bundy, uh, John Wayne Gacy, uh, Dennis Rader, uh, he was the BTK BTK, uh, killer, are unremorseful. And psychopathic killers view their innocent victims as inhuman objects to be tormented and violated for their amusement. And that is just sick, sick, sick. But yes, they are out there. Um, One of the things you can tell about a future uh, sociopath or psychopath, excuse me, a psychopath is that oftentimes in childhood, uh, they start harming animals. Animals are something that they torture and they uh, do terrible things to without any emotional remorse whatsoever. Now, here's something that correlates also, which is psychopaths and narcissists. Uh, Most mental health professionals define a psychopath as a predator who takes advantage of others using charm, deceit, violence, and other methods to get what they want. But uh, with narcissists, they're also bunched into this category. You know, they're very self-centered and uh, their needs are paramount. They have no remorse for mistakes or misdeeds. They're unreliable. They're undependable. They do not care about consequences of their actions. Uh, They love to project their faults on other people. And blaming behavior, it's never their fault. Uh, Little, if any, conscious whatsoever about what they do. And they're very insensitive to needs and feelings of other people. They have a good front, personally, to impress and exploit other people. They also have a low stress tolerance, easy to anger and rage. Uh, these are also people are to be uh, look at people as something to manipulate for their personal needs. They also uh, rationalize easily. They twist conversations to gain others uh, at, at others' expense for their own gain. And if trapped, they keep talking and change the subject or they get angry. Uh, sci- uh, uh, pathological lying is also an ingredient of them. And tremendous need to control situations, conversations. Uh, there are no real values tied to them. And I'm just listing huge amounts of symptomology that's tied to a psychopath, but it's also, once again, linked to a narcissist. Um, Oftentimes, they have no values. They're perceived as caring and understanding, and and then they use that to manipulate. Uh, They're angry. Uh, They have many mood swings. Uh, They use sex to control. Um, They're a, a conversation controller. Uh, They love to talk over people or manipulate conversation. They're very slow at forgiving. They always have a secret life. They love to hide money, friends, activities. They like annoying people. They're moody. Uh, They repeat uh, repeatedly uh, uh, fall in in as far as uh, financial obligations. That is just something that they will not be responsible for ultimately in many cases. They, They seldom will say thank you. Uh, They're very grandiose and convinced they know more than other people. They lack the ability to see uh, how they come across, and uh, they're defensive when confronted with their behavior. It's never their fault. Uh, They they break 
women's spirits or their partner's spirits. Um, they need threats, intimidations to keep others close to them. Uh, they love to sabotage their partners. I mean, how many of you are just chiming in on this stuff? Because this is not a disorder that is just rare. Yes, there are extreme cases like the Bundys and the Gacy's and, and the BTK killer. However, these people walk among us and they are a part of our society. They just come in different degrees. Um, just a few other ones is, uh, you know, uh, they always feel misunderstood. Uh, they do not listen because they do not care. Their, uh, their feelings are discussed, not the partner's feelings. And uh, they're not interested in problem solving. They're interested in dictating. And uh, they're also really good at reading people. And that is the thing that tie psychopaths and narcissists together. And, uh, you know, there have been tons and tons of studies of people with uh, psychopathic and narcissistic behavior and sociopathic behavior. And almost 10% of every study has indicated that people had these traits. So there are tons of people out here. Now, now what is a narcissist? You know, a narcissist, and I'm defining these people, and then we're going to get down to the construction of how to deal with these kind of folks. A narcissist is someone who has buried their true self-expression in a response to early injuries and replaced it with highly developed, compensatory, false selves. Um, this persona, this false self, is something that comes across as grandiose. It's above others. It's self-absorbed. It's highly conceited. And uh, in our uh, individually and uh, externally society that we live in, this, this uh, very individualistic society, uh, they have mild to severe forms of this narcissism and are very persuasive and often they feel encouraged by other people. They love to get in people's face. They love to make people look bad. Uh, narcissism is often interpreted in uh, like our popular culture as a person who's in love with themselves. And it's more accurate to characterize the pathological narcissist as someone who's in love with an idealized self-image, which they project in order to avoid feeling and being seen as the real disenfranchised, wounded self. These people inside themselves have very, very low self-esteem and they feel like an ugly duckling even if they painfully don't want to admit it. And that is the sad truth about the narcissist. Uh, usually they're a conversation hoarder. They love to talk about themselves and they don't give you a chance to talk about in a two-way conversation with them. You struggle to have your own views uh, and feelings heard and then you feel like you're never heard. You know, um, they also are a conversation interrupter. While many people have the poor communication habit of stepping on people, interpreting, you know, interrupting other people while they're talking, talking over people, they quickly, these narcissists interrupt and they quickly switch the focus back to themselves. They're also a rule breaker. Uh, narcissists enjoy getting away with violating rules, social norms, such as cutting the line, uh, chronic, uh, chronic, uh, under tipping, uh, stealing office supplies, breaking multiple appointments, disobeying traffic laws. These are something they do on a regular basis. Also, they are va boundary violators. They show wanton disregard for other people's thoughts, feelings, possessions, and physical space. They overstep and use others 
without consideration or sensitivity. They borrow items or money without returning. They break promises, obligations repeatedly. Gee, doesn't a lot of this sound like the psychopath we just talked about? Yes, these are traits of a psychopath also. And many times the narcissist and the psychopath may overlap. Uh, the, the narcissist, by, uh, for example, has a false image projection. They may like to do things to impress other people, but deep down inside, that's not who they are. And uh, they like the trophy complex, especially with physically, romantic, sexually, socially, religiously, financially, maternally, uh, materially, uh, professionally, with their children, academically. They, they want to be looked at as the people that have it all. And uh, they don't care about depth. They care about image. And they care about grandstanding. And uh, basically, everything is a merit badge to them. And, uh, you know, uh, some people may dye their hair blonde and enlarge their breasts to get men's attentions. Uh, you know, some may uh, accomplish lots of things that they don't need to accomplish. Uh, may, some people don't want to be looked at as poor. And uh, so they buy a Mercedes even though they can't afford it. Also, they, uh, narcissists have a sense of entitlement. And by the way, narcissistic qualities can actually be in a culture. They can actually be embraced by a culture. And uh, so, you know, narcissistic traits may not be narcissism itself. It may be a narcissistic culture. Entitlement is uh, something that they love. They, they want preferential treatment from everybody. Then they expect others to cater uh, instantly often to their needs without being considerate in a return. And uh, they believe the world revolves around them. They can be charming. Uh, they can also be grandiose, uh, thinking of themselves as a hero or a prince or a princess or a one-of-a-kind special person. They can, be, they can have uh, lots of negative emotions. Um, many enjoy spreading and arousing negative emotions to gain attention because it makes them feel powerful. If they can get everybody upset, then they don't have to be upset. Uh, narcissists also enjoy manipulation, manipulation like using others as an extension of themselves, making decisions for others to suit their own needs. Uh, they may use their romantic partner, their children, a friend, or a colleague to meet unreasonable self-serving needs. You know, they, they'd say something like, if my son doesn't grow up to be a professional baseball player, I'll disown him. Aren't you beautiful? Aren't, aren't you beautiful? You're going to be just as pretty as mommy. You know, things like that that they would say to their, their daughter. Okay, now we're framing up what these people are. Now you're going, oh my God, I know people like this. Now we're going to talk about how to deal with them, how to deal with children that are going to be future narcissists. We'll go on into this as we move on into absurd psychology. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. This is Dr. Gary Bell. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. 
You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Okay, we're talking about uh, narcissistic personalities, psychopaths, and sociopaths. And once again, these people are a large degree of our population, at least 10% of our population. And almost every person has narcissistic tendencies in their, in their, uh, their nature. Not everybody has uh, all of the qualities. But what I'm trying to say is that everybody does have some narcissistic ingredients to them. So let's, let's talk about this. First of all, how to deal with the narcissist. You know, it, it, let's define it once again. A, a narcissist is uh, sometimes you don't know somebody, but that has a, uh, you know, you know somebody that has a very uh, high personality quality uh, until you, you get deeply involved with them and you, they, they have a very, they're, they're very high-maintenance people. And uh, if you know people like that, that means that you're dealing with somebody that n- has narcissistic qualities. It doesn't mean that they're a narcissist, but if they're high-maintenance, they're high-maintenance. And it's very annoying. And uh, this quality may be in a sibling, a parent, or other relative, um, and their traits are uh, force you to confront but you can't control or challenge with them. They, ha- they just want to fight. Uh, you may be forced to work with a boss, a coworker, a teacher, a student, an employee with strongly narcissistic tendencies. You know, just because some people are narcissists doesn't mean they're unlovable, but people high in narcissism may also be fun, charismatic, or good at what they do. Having them around gives you a lot of pleasure, uh, more than the pain. And in the workplace, they may enhance your team's success. And you may, if you have a choice in the matter, prefer the idea of reforming 
the narcissist in your life rather than leaving them or uh, dumping them by the wayside because they can also be very constructive. Some people's narcissism may take them, may make them so vulnerable to rejection that you fear that harm will come to them if you shun, shun them. And, uh, you know, they're not all created alike. So the way you choose to handle one of, in one in your life should be based on which type you're dealing with. And there are two types. There is the vulnerable one and there is the grandiose type. The vulnerable narcissists uh, have an outward shell of self-centeredness and self-absorption, but they have a very weak core. And the grandiose narcissists believe in their own greatness, and they may even almost be as good as they think they are. Both varieties of narcissism, but particularly those with the grandiose type, may also share um, like a dark triad of um, of manipulate uh, manipulation uh, psych uh, psychopathy and uh, lack of remorse or empathy. Um, people high in both narcissism and Machiavellianism uh, are ones who really get under your skin. Their antagonism makes them particularly hard to live with, and they'll almost always get in the way of you of accomplishing your goals with these people. Uh, Machiavellian narcissists have mastered the art of uh, one-uppance as they try to show superiority while steamrolling over everyone else's feelings and opinions. Um, you know, it's just amazing to me that these people are out there, but they are. It's 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 almost human nature that we're talking about. Um, you know, if you compare the two groups of narcissists. Uh, the grandiose ones tend to be the happier, more extroverted, more emotionally stable, while the vulnerable ones are less agreeable, less emotionally stable, and higher in, in, in uh, their sense of having no empathy, uh, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism, which is called manipulativeness. So you have to determine which type of narcissist you're dealing with. The vulnerable ones uh, don't feel particularly good about themselves at heart. In contrast to the grandiose, they're less out there with their emotions, and so you might not realize when they're undercutting you and getting in your way. You know, if you're trying to put people in your family or in your work uh, to their best use, the grandiose narcissist might try to be your best ally as long as you can get that person on board with your overall group's success. You know, also, you want to, when you're dealing with these kind of people, you want to acknowledge your annoyance. And, uh, you know, they can be very antagonistic. And if you're trying to get something done and one person is always interrupting or trying to shine the spotlight on themselves, recognize where your frustration is coming from and give them the point of view that you need to have the spotlight rather than them. You need people's attention rather than them. Put them in their place. You know, also, you want to appreciate where their behavior comes from because vulnerable narcissism needs, they, they need to make themselves feel better about themselves, which is why they become sneaky and undercutting. They may question your authority uh, just to create mischief. And once you recognize that they're coming from a place of insecurity, you can provide them with just enough reassurance to get them to settle down and focus on what they need to get done. But if you give them too much then you're going to fan their flames. So that doesn't mean you want to, 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 to start beefing up their ego by giving them compliments, but you want to give them a sense that you recognize the effort that they're making. Also, when they're talking to you, you want to evaluate the context in which how they're talking to you. Uh, it's not an all-or-nothing trait. 
Some situations may elicit a person's insecurities. Uh, some may make them more grandiose. You know, let's let's say a, a woman was turned down for a promotion she wanted very much, and now must continue to work with the person who got the job. Her insecurity will only worsen over time, leading her to become defensive, narcissistic, vindictive, and spiteful. And if you know a person like this, it's important to remember that the situation helped create the monster that that, that you're interacting with. So you want to have some sense of empathy from where they come from. Also, you want to maintain a positive outlook with, with these narcissists. Um, if you're dealing with them, uh, they, they derive pleasure from watching others suffer. So then seeing the pain they cause will only egg them on to more aggressive counter behavior. So don't look ruffled. Even if, the, if you're feeling annoyed and eventually that behavior will diminish in frequency, furthermore, by keeping the, 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 the previous tips in mind, you may be able to help ease the situation so things actually improve. And that means you do not want to react to them. You want to stay calm and you want to give them a very, very little tone. You want to stay calm and flat and stay to the facts. You don't want to let yourself be derailed um, you know, I've, I've said this in the bully segment that we worked on uh, a while back, and that is you don't want to be like a dog's squeaky toy. If you're going to squeak, they're going to squeak you because these are bullies. These people love that, and so they're going to chew the squeaky right out of you. If you are the one that doesn't squeak and you're quiet and calm, you're going to end up in the corner, and they're not going to pay attention to you, and nobody's going to hurt you. So once you fig- they see that you're not a target, that you don't get derailed by their behavior, they move on to another target. Uh, if you're having to manage somebody like that, then you're going to have to deal with that as far as being a, a, a parent or, or a family member or an employer. Also, you want to keep your sense of humor. Uh, calling their bluff may mean that you ignore the person, but it also may mean that you meet that bluff with a laugh at least once in a while. You know, without being cruel about it, you can point the inappropriateness of their behavior with a smile or a joke. And uh, this may actually point to them and say, hey, you know, maybe your entertainment values are not as great. Maybe you're not as funny as you think you are. You know, by, by, uh, by basically highlighting their behavior in a sense of humor, you're letting them understand that you really don't appreciate it. Also, uh, you also need to recognize that these people need help. They have very low self-esteem, and they have lots of feelings of inadequacy. And so dealing with somebody like that, you have to be somewhat empathetic. Not sympathetic, but empathetic. And that means that you really want to stay a bay of diving into their world, but you want to say, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm here for you. If you need me, I'll be glad to help you. Tell me what you need. But don't get all caught up in trying to solve their problems for them. Just give them options. Okay, now, if you're raising a narcissistic child, uh, you know, narcissistic children are entitled. They get clothes, sneakers, toys, gadgets. They seem to want more and don't understand why they can't have it immediately. And it can be incredibly frustrating when your child reacts with a big attitude or acting out behavior when you say no to a request. You think to yourself, I wasn't this way when I was a kid. What happened? Well, the deal is you've given your kids so many things that they think that this is the way it's supposed to be. Kids are creatures of habit. You know, if I buy my child a toy every time I go to Walmart or go to Target, 
then what I'm basically doing is I'm teaching them that they, oh, they're going to get a toy every time they go, and guess what? You've created a big shitstorm for yourself, meaning your kid's going to go crazy. And uh, I've done that in the past with my daughter, and that is not the best thing to do. So I have to correct that action, and by doing that, I get the more appropriate behavior that the no means no. Parenting is not a popularity contest, by the way. There will often be anger, disappointment when children aren't able to get what they want. But acting out behavior shouldn't determine your response. You know, there, there are a few reasons why kids are behaving in a more entitled way these days. The parents are working harder and longer than ever before. Generally, they're more stressed out. When you're exhausted and overwhelmed, it can be easier to give them what they want rather than fight with them. And along with that, it's natural to want our kids to have what you, we didn't have when we were growing up, and it feels good to give them things when we can. On top of all that, modern technology has changed the pace of our expectations, texting, email, internet. It made everything move at warp speed, and everything happens at the ta- a tap of a finger. So let's face it, we're not accustomed to waiting for things anymore, and neither are our kids. And it's a very different world with a different set of expectations about the pace of gratification. And parents don't know how to cope. So if you find your child isn't appreciating what you're giving them and doing for them and is acting increasingly spoiled, it's important to realize that you can change this pattern at any time. You can learn how to pause and say no when your child asks for something. You can also learn how to walk away from an argument and not get pulled in from your child's negative behavior. At first, this is really hard, and believe me, I've had to do it. But over time, you'll get more comfortable with it, and it it takes a lot of practice. Okay, um... You know, how to disconnect from power struggles and fights with your child. You know, sometimes we look at our kids and we see behavior and realize we don't really like it very much. You, you love your children as people, but you might not like how they're acting. And But remember, nobody wakes up saying, I'm going to spoil my child. You know, that's just not a goal that we all set aside. We really want to raise grateful children. And if you're playing a part in your child's sense of entitlement, it's not the end of the world. Don't beat yourself up. You can start cha- changing at any time. Even if you have a t- demanding teen that you've raised this way, there are things you can do to change that climate. And one of the things and the most important thing is to be clear with your expectations. Make the statement that things will be different. Let your child know that things will need to change and that they can expect a different response from mommy or daddy. And this is a commitment that you're making to change your behavior too. And you've got to stick with it. By saying that you're going to behave differently, you really need to begin to change as a parent and tell your child that they're going to hear no more often. Sometimes these changes are due to a a family situation changing, like a divorce where the finances are not there. Maybe simply realizing that you you can't give your child everything that they ask for because you've created a monster. But you want to be clear with your kid, what's going on and why this change is happening, that it is for them and that you need them to understand that you do not want to be raising a spoiled monster. You love them, you love them as people, but you don't love their behavior. And uh, so set your goals out very clearly in the beginning. And you also don't want to get pulled into a fight. The most important thing is not get pulled into the drama and emotionalism of your child's response to hearing the word no. Be specific about 
you're going to handle the situation with your child. Make sure if you're going into a place that triggers their behavior for big demands that you let them know in advance, this is what you've done in the past, this is what we've done in the past, this is what's going to change. You're not going to get this toy. And when I say no, I mean no. And if you're going to raise your behavior, expect a consequence. And by the way, parents, that consequence has to be heart-wrenching. That means it needs to tear the living soul out of their body because otherwise these kids are going to press you and press you and press you. And you have to mean business. If you're going to take their iPad, for instance, for three to five days or their gaming computer, you better be serious about it. So you set the expectation, you set exactly what you're going to take away, and you let them sit with it. And if they raise that temper tantrum in the store, wanting, 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 then what you want to do is take, take, take. And you do it, and you do it to the time that you said you're going to do it. You know, um, it's, it's, you've got to think, I'm not trying to be the most popular person in my child's life. I want to be their parent. And uh, if you've tried to be the most popular best friend to your child, it's probably a confusing message for them. So you want to let them know that I am your parent first, I am your friend second, and I have to watch out for the person that I'm raising. I need to make sure you understand that there are no's in life and how you take a no is extremely important to how well you get by in life. Also, you need to practice. You need to practice, practice as many times as you can about saying no. And here's how to say no. No. Flat and straight. No. They go blah, blah, blah. No means no. And, and that's, that's seriously the way you say no. You do not add uh, in a tone to your nose. If you're going to go no or no or no or no, 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 then what you're inviting is the fact that it is hard for you to say no and a yes is behind it. So the kid is going to keep on beating the door down and they're going to beat the door down with temper tantrums in every possible way. If it's hard for you to say no, if it's frustrating and your tone is very high and, and, and very intense, that tells them there's a yes underneath it. So they're going to bang your door down. Okay. You know, you want to also catch your kid being good. And when they're starting to take no better, you want to compliment them. You want to give them some credit and reinforce and thank them for the way that they're behaving and let them know, hey, I saw you do this. I saw you didn't ask for this at the store. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is enormous progress. This is what I'm looking for. And you want to be very grateful to them. And you also want to teach your child to earn what they, what they want. And so what you want to do is set out. Uh, if you can do a certain behavior like not throw a temper tantrum for a week, then we can talk about buying a toy when we go to such and such store. You also want to reinforce your decision. Uh, if you're having to give in, uh, uh, give in all the time, you also want to teach, tell the teachers that that's something you're teaching. You want to tell the people, the adults that interact with your children, what you're trying to teach them because they can also help reinforce that behavior for you. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to talk about borderline personalities, how to treat borderline personalities, and we're going to talk about psychotics and uh, psychotic disorders. And that is going to be a lot of fun because, boy, you're going to be shaking in your boots when you hear about these personality disorder called a borderline personality. They are scary. Okay, this is Dr. Gary Bell. We're going to take a break. Come right back. (laughs) 
us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance, open the door, reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The boardroom to the bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we've, uh, we're going to go into borderline personalities. I want to talk about very quickly what a personality disorder is. And, and it's very important to understand this because a personality disorder is by majority, the vast majority, I'm talking over 95% or more uh, of these folks come from an abusive childhood. They come from a childhood where they are either neglected or abused or both, uh, where they were not looked at as a person. They were more looked at as a thing. Uh, They were used. Um, Their emotional needs weren't met. They didn't feel safe. Um, A lot of these kids grow up in alcoholic homes or, or abusive homes, argumentative homes. Parents are extremely narcissistic and self centered. And the child just doesn't have any place in this world. And uh, that's what they come out of. And, you know, I've always said this, and I'll say it again, and I know it sounds terrible, but there's a difference between a parent and uh, breeding stock. You know, there is a lot of people, anybody can screw, anybody can have sex and make babies, but not everybody can be a parent. And unfortunately, many people uh, raise children out of their own ego that that's my child rather than raising a child into an individual. And uh, so, you know, sadly, these personality disorders come from the kind of parents that feel like they own their children and are treated, they treat their children very poorly, or they may not treat them poorly all the time, but they have neglected them in such a way that their needs are not met as individuals. And uh, they they become extremely unstable. Uh, The borderline personality in particular 
in the field that I'm in of therapy is a very scary disorder to have to work with because these personalities are very hard to work with because they flip. Um, many therapists for many, many years have gotten in trouble with these borderline personalities. They love to cause a lot of problems. What they do is they will ask a therapist for an opinion. Therapist gives an opinion, they follow their opinion, and then they find out that the opinion was wrong or they implement it in such a way that it isn't helpful. Then they fall back and, and report the therapist or do something horrible uh, to the therapist's career. And this happens many, many times uh, it, it, when therapists jump into this trap. And that's why it's scary to deal with these people. They're, they're a wrecking ball. Um, a lot of these, these borderline personalities have the need to feel right. Uh, they have very unstable. They're looked at as bipolar, by the way, but they're not. They're, they're unstable moods, behavior, their relationships. Everything is chaos, and they love to be standing in the middle of chaos. They're the most irresponsible people on this planet. They will not own anything that they do. They will point at other people and accuse other people and other people that think that thought they were perfectly sane when they got in the relationship during the relationship, they will feel completely insane and that everything is their fault. And that's because they take on more responsibility than the borderline themselves. Um, most borderlines uh, are, have severe symptoms. Uh, some are, are uh, intense. Others may be uh, just walking the streets, married. Uh, some oftentimes need hospitalization, emergency care. They're rather hypochondriacs. Um, some people may improve without any treatment depending on the situation they're in but truth is it's hard as hell to treat them now here's what their symptoms are uh, they have problems regulating their emotions and their thoughts that means they go from A to Z in about 60 seconds they're impulsive and sometimes they have reckless behavior they have very unstable relationships with everyone and uh, unfortunately, they're, they're misdiagnosed, a borderline personality disorder. You know, some people have borderline uh, disorder, once again, are, are misdiagnosed as bipolar. And they're treated as bipolar, maybe medically. And yet the medication does nothing but make them feel sleepy. And that is because they're actually a borderline rather than a bipolar. Uh, there are important differences between these conditions uh, both involve unstable moods, but for the person with a bipolar disorder, the mood changes exist for weeks or even months. The mood changes in uh, borderline personality are very short and often within a day, within a moment. I mean, they could light up like a, a Christmas tree and then shut down uh, suddenly. I mean, these guys rapid cycle extremely quickly. Not that a bipolar doesn't do that, but usually a bipolar will go weeks if not months uh, doing that that dip and down and up, down and up. The, the borderline personality will do it within a day. Very hard to predict. Um, their relationships are ever-changing. Also, they have a very unstable self-image. Uh, they struggle with their own identity or sense of self. Uh, they don't know who they are. They like to please. So they're the person that basically, well, where do you like to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Oh, I want to go to the pizza place. Oh, I don't want to go there. Okay. Great. So, you know, basically, they like to have an opinion, but it's after the fact, and it's where you, the person that actually asserts an opinion, become the wrong one. They're also impulsive or self-damaging. Uh, they do a lot of excessive spending. They have unsafe sex. 
They go into substance abuse. They do reckless driving, binge eating. Uh, they also tend to have suicidal uh, behavior or self-injury. That is something that is very common, or they'll speak of uh, suicide. They'll feign suicide but not actually have a plan. Uh, they also have uh, constant feelings of worthlessness or sadness. They have problems with anger, including uh, frequent loss of temper, uh, physical fights. Gee, does some of this sound like a psychopath, a sociopath, a narcissist? Yes, 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 yes. They all have these ingredients. Um, these guys uh, also have stress-related paranoia or loss of contact with reality. And they also get in a lot of uh, temperamental fights, uh, verbal fights, or physical fights. Uh, a lot of these guys, uh, a lot of these folks will go to the club or go to the workout. They love to build up their body and uh, they love to get in fights, but they don't really have a life. Um, they also have extreme reactions like uh, panic, depression, rage, uh, frantic actions to abandonment, whether real or perceived. And, and the borderline personality in truth has an issue with abandonment. Um, they, they, the, the books that are, are written about a borderline personality is I love me, I hate you, don't leave me. That's one of the books. And the other one is Stop Walking on Eggshells. If you're a partner living with somebody where you feel like you're always on eggshells, that is a borderline personality. Uh, they also they have this intense, stormy relationship with family, friends, loved ones. Uh, they veer from extreme closeness and love, an idealized love, to extreme dislike and anger. Uh, they have a very distorted and unstable self-image, which can result in sudden changes of feelings, opinions, values, plans, goals for the future, such as school or career. Um, sometimes uh, they they do all kinds of things like they have chronic feelings of em emptiness or boredom and that's because they're hard to employ and they're just downright hard to be around and uh, they also have a fear of being cut off or observing somebody uh, being cut off from another person they have a lot of attachment problems they also have disassociative problems like observing themselves outside of their body or losing touch with reality so treating this kind of disorder is crazy. Current research shows that treatment can decrease the symptoms and suffering of people with this. Talk therapy is usually the first choice, unlike some other illnesses where medication is often first. Generally, however, you must understand that a person with a borderline personality, if you're going to treat them, they must admit they have a borderline personality first. If they don't realize what they're up against and want to deal with it, it's very hard to deal with somebody that won't own their behavior. And that's why these folks are so hard to deal with. Um, they also have uh, major fears that can be treated. And these fears like others might leave, uh, unstable relationships that are, are uh, hard to change, and, and treatment is most effective with these folks in decreasing their suicidal uh, speaking or attempts. Uh, it decreases their anger and self-harm as well as helping improve overall functioning and social adjustment. So they're not on edge all the time. And by not being on edge, if you can bring them back from the edge, then basically what happens is uh, they're not exhibiting the symptoms quite as often. Um, and those who have their symptoms improve, uh, 
usually also have other disorders with it, and, and that's what comes with the borderline, such as depression, substance abuse, and eating disorders, also post-traumatic stress because these guys stumble into bad situations by their impulsiveness. So here's some therapies that are used, just very simple, and I'll just go through this and glance over it because, honestly, uh, to expect you to understand how to treat somebody with, with borderline is impossible. You, If you are a layman, if you are a normal person living with a borderline personality, I can only give you one uh, 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 perspective. If I were you, I would run for my freaking life. But if you're in love with this person and you want to stay with them, then go into some type of therapy. But you once again need to have uh, the borderline person you're with seeking treatment for that particular disorder and owning up to that behavior. So dialectical behavioral therapy focuses on mindfulness. Uh, Cognitive uh, therapy is used and this is uh, using the inaccurate or negative opinions of themselves and trying to shape those opinions into a better self-dialogue. Also medications can help, especially uh, antidepressants. Also, uh, omega-3s are very helpful because that helps brain activity and also vitamin B. Also, uh, regular exercise, sleep habits, nutrition, dieting, medications, uh, healthy stress management can all be stuff that these kind of folks integrate into their life. Okay, so what is a psychosis? And, and you know, people that are psychotic have false thoughts and they they basically... um, have experiences in their life that are frightening and they may cause people who are suffering from psychosis to hurt themselves. You, you know, these, these frightening experiences that psychosis, a psychotic person, is all out of fear. They live in a very fear-based world. If their world is about looking at all the bad things that could happen, that is a person that has psychotic tendencies. So you bring up a new idea. Okay, let's, let's go leave the country and let's go to Italy. Oh, I don't want to go to Italy. You know, they could have germs that I, I can't deal with. Uh, you know, I'm not used to traveling on airplanes. Airplanes are horrible. They could have, their whole life is full of fear. And that, that's kind of how they operate. They have difficulty concentrating. They have a depressed mood. They have sleep changes, um, suspiciousness. They withdraw from families, and then later on, as they move through it, they become extremely disabled with delusions, hallucination, disorganized speech, uh, suicidal thoughts, difficulty functioning. They may become agoraphobic, where they end up locking themselves inside a house. And, and that is some psychotic behaviors that take place in people, and we have to be very mindful of it. Some of it can be related to alcohol. Drugs and alcohol can create psychosis. Also, head injuries can create psychosis. Some people have it in their family, and uh, they can identify people in their family that have had psychosis because the genetics behind it are very, very strong. And so, uh, a bipolar disorder is a psychotic disorder, and that's mood swings from high to low. A delusional disorder is a psychotic disorder where they believe in things that aren't real. Psychotic depression is uh, is depression of things that are not real, of, of a reality that they've created that limits them extremely. Also, schizophrenia is a psychotic disorder. Um, it lasts longer than six months, and it's a lifelong disease. Also, there are psychotic cultures out there, and we have to think in terms of those because there are some uh, psychotic cultures 
like the, there's a, an example is uh, Kolro, a, a, a syndrome observed in Japan and some other areas of Asia, and it's an obsession to the point of delusion with the possibility that the genitals re- will retract or shrink into the body and cause death. Um, you know, that, <laughs> these kind of things are in our culture. Speaking in tongues can be a psychotic thing, and that's something that happens in some religious uh, uh, practices. So when we look at psychotic, we have to understand what it is, but we also have to understand that therapy is needed. And if you fear you're dealing with somebody with psycho- uh, that has psychotic tendencies, identify the situations that, that trigger them, reflect on the thoughts that have brought it about, connect the thoughts to the emotions, and then you want to challenge the thoughts and beliefs and put a stop to the psychotic behavior. And that is how you, you have to be extremely mindful with psychotic. You have to be. And you have to connect the thoughts and the behaviors together. That's our show. Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern. Our next show is going to be on low self-esteem. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. DRGBMFT at SBCGlobal.net or at Twitter at DRGBMFT. Now remember, this is from Rodney Dangerfield. My psychiatrist told me I was crazy and I said I wanted a second opinion. He also said, you're ugly too. (laughs) This is also from Rodney Dangerfield. When I was born, I was so ugly, the doctor slapped my mother. So that's our show. I hope you listen to our next show, Low Self-Esteem, next Friday. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.